This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of 91. The value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. In South Africa, 91 is an authorized financial services provider. Welcome to this 91 Investment Views 2022 podcast. With me is Philip Saunders, who is co-head of multi-asset growth at 91 in London. And Philip, we've been given the task of talking about global macroeconomics and the outlook. And at the moment, I keep on getting nudged every day about the fact that inflation is stubbornly high, not transitory, and also the potential for economic growth to start tailing off a little bit. How do you see it? Well, I think it's probably not quite as black and white, certainly as far as the US is concerned. And, you know, ultimately, that's sort of the key economy we've got to focus on. Supply shortages have impacted the rate of growth, but the underlying drivers of growth are very much intact. So we think looking forward into next year, growth is going to remain pretty strong in the US. You know, consumers are in a good shape. Businesses are in good shape. You've got Biden spending plans sort of beginning to sort of come through the system, obviously, towards the end of next year. So the U.S. is reasonably well set from a sort of growth perspective. If you look at other parts of the world, like China, obviously a very, very important economy, China basically is going in the other direction. They tighten policy aggressively from early in 2021. And they have introduced a whole bunch of pretty significant policy pivots in terms of the direction they want to take their economy in the future. And growth is reducing pretty rapidly. And so we expect growth surprises in China to be on the side of weakness. So growth surprises on the side of strength, inflation surprises on the side of strength in the US, whereas the opposite being the case in the other key economy. The winds of change are blowing through the monetary policy corridors, if you like. And so markets, as you say in a piece that you kindly sent me, markets face a potentially difficult transition as monetary policy is normalised. When does the normalisation start, first of all? Well, the normalisation has already started. So I mentioned that China had started normalising its monetary conditions as early as February this year whereas the U.S. have continued to keep the pedal to the metal, as they say, buying $120 billion of securities every month, that is now uh, starting to change. So the U.S. now is uh, beginning to tighten policy, um, and it it aims to run off, uh, i.e. end QE by sometime in the middle of next year, uh, which, of course, creates the conditions for official interest rates finally to rise. So central banks have been really slow, except for China. Central banks generally have been really slow to, A, recognize that there's some real inflation pressures in the system now. Actually, they encouraged asset price inflation as a means of getting out of the COVID funk, if you like. And now really the issue is, you know, how far behind the curve are they? Had they left it too late to not have to act more aggressively further down the track? So there's a lot of uncertainties about monetary policy what they will have to do in order to actually prevent inflation expectations becoming de-anchored, particularly in the US. I think it's less of a problem in Europe because weaker Chinese growth has a potentially major impact on, on Europe in a way that it doesn't affect the US. We need to apply what you've just said to your strategy. 
how do you adjust your strategy or do you adjust your strategy because of things like monetary policy normalization, inflation staying a little bit higher and a little bit more stubborn than expected and so on? Well, I think that obviously we don't have perfect crystal balls, so we don't know the outcome. Maybe inflation surprises in the sense that it remains relatively benign and inflation expectations don't get de-anchored. But inflation, you know, if it does, then it has very serious implications for a lot of assets which are priced on the basis of a continuing low interest rate environment, low inflation environment over the sort of medium to longer term. If we were to see inflation emerging as a real threat, and I'm not just saying, I'm not saying going back to the 1970s, but let's say in the US it sort of pushes up between 3 to 3 to 4% on a sustained basis, then that's going to be very uncomfortable for markets. So we've had a period where liquidity has been very supportive, growth has been very supportive, and markets have performed, you know, continue to perform extremely well. I think going into next year, things are going to be more difficult. We're going to have more volatility and investors are going to want to have more visibility because, you know, when prices are elevated, then there is an asymmetry about the risk reward associated with that. So I think it's going to be heavier sledding next year. And we have preemptively been selling into strength on the equity side. We have been adding defensive assets not bonds, I hasten to add, but basically currencies like the dollar that we think will do provide defensive benefits. And it's time for more balanced portfolios. So it's been out and out growth. That's been a fantastic opportunity for investors. But don't push your luck. Philip, thank you very much for your time. Philip Saunders is co-head of multi-asset growth at 91 in London.